You know, I mean, in the midst of everything, I just think of this world and how chaotic it can be. I remember yesterday and, and sitting there and, and uh, uh, we're, we're having a, a little meal as a family at the mall and we're, we're just having this time together. And then Tab says, Dad, did you see this? And then she shows me the thing on Texas and I'm like, oh, wow. Look at the lives of just people that are shopping and, and, and everything changes. In the midst of that, God is still there. In the midst of, you know, I think of those situations that we have planned and we're like, oh, you know, I talked to Carl today and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going in and uh, surgery tomorrow and I'm going to, you know, they're, they're going to do an overhaul and they're going to, you know, I mean, and, and it's like, okay, wait a second. In the midst of those things, God is there and God is the one that is in control of everything. God is the one person that we can hold on to in the midst of Texas, in the midst of our surgeries, in the midst of those unexpected things that we didn't plan. Guys, in the midst of those smaller things, I know even last week, you know, parents taking their kids back to college and, and, and I'm going to, uh, Tina and I are going to do a little road trip with Tabitha and we're, we're, we're going back to uh, uh, Portland with her as she gets ready for college. In the midst of those times where you just feel a little broken and you feel a little empty, in the midst of those times where situations at home aren't working out the way that we want them to, in the midst of those work situations that we're like, what in the world is going on? Are we ever going to get to the other side? The one person that can hold it all together is God, and that's who we need to go to. Because in the midst of these things, we can mess things up. We can mix things up. People will ask me, they'll be like, Rich, what about this? And I'd be like, Oh boy, I thought it was this, or I thought it was that. And sometimes on our own, we can't do it. I mean, it's like uh, the couple, they were, uh, they were in uh, Wisconsin, and that's where we lived, and you know, cheese country, and it is just cold in the wintertime. And so everybody's trying to figure out how do we get away in the wintertime. And so they were trying to get their schedules just right so they could go to Florida, and uh, which would be a nice little warm, warm place to go. And so in the midst of all of that, they couldn't get the flight schedule right with their work. And so he said, I tell you what, I'll go down a, a, a day before and, and I'll get everything set up and I'll see you the next day. And uh, so he, he gets there, he's going through all the things and, and uh, they just got new phones. And so he's in there typing in, you know, his wife, uh, just a little text. And, and so she's all ready. And, uh, you know, he, he, he's trying to remember the number and he puts it all in the best he can. And, you know, at that very same time, there's a lady and she's actually a, a pastor's wife and, and lived her whole life for the church and doing the right thing. And so she's actually at a, at a, at a service and it's actually a memorial service for her husband or that, that he had passed away. And so he's there. I mean, uh, you know, she's there and uh, as she's seeing everyone come in, she's like, I better check my phone. I better check my phone for, you know, any people that may be trying to get a hold of me. They may be confused about parking. And so as she's looking at her phone, she's reading through her text. Next thing you know, she just screams. She screams and she falls to the ground. And, and at that point, that's when her son came and he's like, mom, what's going on? And, and he picked up her phone and it, it, it had this text that said, uh, to my loving wife, I've, I've just checked in. Everything's been prepared for you tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing you then. Love your devoted husband. P.S. It's sure hot down here. And uh, 
So see, see what happens, just one digit can, can change everything. And the same thing with us, we can be like so close, but if we're just off, everything else changes. I know, send all my complaints to Joe uh, for those jokes. But uh, you know, you, you, you look at those things and it's like the reality, just one digit changes everything. And so as we look at baptism this week, I want you to understand that baptism is a command that Jesus has given us. And the problem is sometimes people are so close, but they're off. And so what I want to look at is not my opinion or your opinion. I want to look at God's opinion, what the Bible really says about baptism so we can understand it and clearly be able to move forward, make good choices and decisions as we look at that. Baptism is a symbol. I want you to understand that. If, if you were driving down the street and you see the golden arches, you would say, okay, that's McDonald's. It's a symbol. I know what that represents. My wedding ring. When you look at a wedding ring, you look and you say, hey, it's on the right finger. Okay, that represents something. Okay, this doesn't mean that I'm a faithful husband, but that's what it represents. And so anyone can wear a ring. Anyone can take on a symbol. Anyone could, could wear a shirt from a company and, and walk around, but that's all it is, is a symbol. It's a symbol of things. And so what I want you to do is pull out your study guide. There's some things I want you to write down. And, and the first question that I have for you is, is why should we get baptized in water? Why should we get baptized? What's really the point? What's really the purpose? Again, not just about my opinions or my ideas. Let's look at the Word of God. And next week, we're going to look deeper at this passage, so I'm going to be quick at it, but it's in Matthew. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. What is that saying? That's saying that, that Jesus, is in his final address, he's about ready to drop the mic, and he says, all right, listen, everyone, here's what I've called you to do. I've called you to go make disciples. Okay, not just sit in the church and wait for people to come in and see if they're interested or have them fill out a form online, but go out to people and make disciples. What does that mean? That means that people that aren't followers of Jesus are going to become followers of Jesus. That, that's a command. That's something that we're called to do. And then right after that, it's, it, it says disciples of all nations. So there's no limit. There's no uh, parameters. You know, we can make disciples here in, in Newhall and Valencia, but not in Canyon Country. You know about those people. And, you know, and, and, and there's no limitations to that. It's everywhere that we're called to do it. So, so we've got this, this wide absolute of what we're called to do. And then it says baptizing them. So once someone's made a decision to follow Christ, once they've gone from the, the whole walk of darkness to now a walk of light, now, now being in, in the hope that's found in Jesus Christ, it says baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So according to the scripture, according to the Bible, baptism isn't an optional. Like, oh, maybe if you'd like to, you know, you can do it. But Jesus is very direct as he talks about it. And he's saying, no, this is, this is actually a command. This is what I'm telling you to do. As a church, when people make a decision to follow Christ, this is what you need to do. 
And then the second thing is even Jesus was baptized. I want you to understand that, that Jesus was baptized. This wasn't just something that Jesus talked about, but this is the, something that Jesus did. And so we look in Matthew 3, verses 13 through 16. It says this, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Jesus, it wasn't an accident, it wasn't a fluke, it was very purposeful of what Jesus went to do. But John tried to talk him out of it. I mean, they're, they're, they're family, it's, it's his cousin. He says, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And with Jesus, I mean, he's God. Why, why does he have to be baptized? Why was that a purposeful act? Because he's showing us what we need to do. If we're a Christ follower, we follow what he does. I, I, I say it like Simon says. You know, Simon says, raise your right hand. So what do you do? You raise your right hand. Simon says, raise your left hand. Okay, so what do I do? I raise my left hand. Why? Because Simon says it. But when Jesus says it, that's the exact same thing. But sometimes we hear Jesus say things, and Jesus says that we need to be baptized as a follower of Christ, and we say, that's really interesting. Let me do a word study on that. Let me talk about it with my friends. You know, you know what? Maybe I'll put a little interest check card. Maybe someday I'd like to do this, and maybe, you know, and, and, and we can just play this off for a long time instead of what did Jesus say? What Jesus said is actually what he wants us to do. And here's the thing, and, and, and the third thing is that many experience a special touch from God during baptism. Now, I know we're not, we're not called to chase the emotionalism, but there is something that happens when we're obedient. There's two big things that I think that we can miss out on a blessing. I think, I think we can miss out by not being baptized, and I think that the scripture is very clear about it, and I think that we can miss out on tithing. And, and here's what I mean by it. So, so can I be a Christian and not be baptized? Well, yeah. Can I be a Christian and not tithe? Well, yeah. Um, but there's something that happens as I'm faithful in these commands that God's called me. When, when I take that money and I realize, boy, I barely have any money left, but wait a second, I need to help someone out. I need to do the right thing. I need to give this to God. Who's really blessed? Guys, I'm not kidding. Every time you can talk to Tina, we're the ones that are blessed. We're the ones that as we step out in faith and we do that, we experience something and I can't put it down on a spreadsheet. I can't put it on Excel, but I know what God does as I'm faithful. It's like, wow, I am so glad that I was faithful. The same thing with baptism. I've mentioned to you before, I was baptized as a baby. I had no control over it. You know, the guy's uh, sprinkling water in my eyes. I'm crying, I'm wetting myself, all this stuff's going on. Um, then when I was older, I made a decision to follow Christ. And, and so, uh, you know, while I'm in elementary school, I decided I need to do this as an outward expression of what God's done in my life. And so I was baptized. And at that point, it was like, what an amazing thing of how I'm 
showing people. I can't express it, but it just happens. It's like, wow, that's amazing of just being faithful and how God moves and how it experiences and it changes our mind. And then when I was in, in my early 20s and I realized, man, I've kind of really ran away from God and I need to get my life right. When I was at, at that park, and it was right downtown, it was right across from the Schnitzer Center, and, and I'm there, and uh, uh, there's just these cool fountains, and uh, I'm there with my friends that have all made decisions to follow Christ, and we're so excited. We're like, this is the greatest thing to show the world what's going on, and we didn't know about this at all. I remember these big tour buses showed up, and all of these people, that was the day when everybody had cameras, and everybody came out with cameras, and they're taking pictures, and they're taking pictures of us as we're taking a baptism, and, and it's so funny, I'm seeing all these people there, and I realize, wait a second, this is God cleansing my life. This is God changing. This is an outward expression of what he's done. Guys, I can't put words to that experience, but I would have never had that experience if it wouldn't have been to be faithful. So I want to challenge you in that of what the scripture says, because watch this in Matthew 3, verse 17. It's just one verse down. It says, and a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. See, if I was looking at that passage, I'd be like, that's what God was saying in every time. Boy, I'm so, I'm so glad that my son made this decision, that he made this choice, that he chose to follow me, to show the world. Well, then here's the question, is who can be baptized? So write that in, number four. Who can be baptized? Anyone that can be baptized, anyone can be baptized that chooses to believe in Christ. When you choose to put your faith completely in Christ, then, then you're totally a candidate and called to be baptized. See, it, it's not like, well, once you become a member of the church, then that's okay. Or once you read the Bible more, or once you get deeper you know, in your theological beliefs, once you understand eschatology and the, the end times and all that, then you'll be ready. Guys, if you've made a decision to follow Christ, you are ready right now. That's what the scripture says. You are ready. Listen to this, guys, and, and feel free to highlight the scripture too. Just go ahead and underline these pieces. Watch this in Acts, Acts 8, verse 12. It says, but now the people believe Philip's message of the good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus. The, here's, here's what happened. They made a decision to follow Christ. They heard what Philip said, and they said, I'm choosing now to follow Jesus Christ. I'm choosing to surrender my life to him and live a life for him. Then it says, as a result, many of the men and women were baptized. Okay, well, then, then, then they were faithful with what they heard. But, but where can I get baptized? What are, is, there, is there parameters? Is it at a church? Is it outside? What, what does that look like? Now, watch, watch this. We, we look in, in, in Acts a little bit further in that same chapter, starting in verse 36. It says, as, as they rode along, they came, to look, uh, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop. And they went down uh, into the water, and Philip baptized them. See, that's what I love, the excitement of being like, it wasn't like, hey, what type of shirt should I wear? What type of pants should I wear? This guy is a rich, powerful person, and he says, hey, 
wait, there's some water over there. Let's get baptized. Let's go do that. And, and the passion behind it. See, because he chose to follow Christ and he realized, what's the next thing I need to do? Let me do that. And there's something that happens in our life as we're faithful that way. See, if anyone says, Pastor, I think I should be baptized. I'm a follower of Christ. I would say, yeah, you should. You should. When, when do you want to do it? Let's, do you want to do it now? You want to do it? Uh, when, when is it that you want to do it? Because here, again, does baptism save you? No. No, baptism doesn't save you, but it's a symbol of what's happened in your life. It's an outward expression to share with people. I mean, I've, I, I heard the story, and I may have shared it before, about the guy who was so excited, and he was in one of those churches that believed that once you got baptized, you never sinned anymore. Man, wouldn't that be nice, you know? And, and he was a part of this whole thing, and, and uh, so they had told him, they said, once you get baptized, you're not going to sin anymore, and he was so excited about that. He was like, oh, I got to do it. I got to do it. Well, he, he's, he's over there like in Wisconsin, and it is just cold, 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 cold. Church doesn't have a baptismal, and he's like, man, I got to get out there. We got to chip away at that ice, and I got to get in there to get baptized because I don't want to sin anymore, and so then finally, the elder that picked the, the, the shortest straw, he was like, okay, I'll have to take him out there. And so, so he takes him down to the water, and, 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 then, and then he puts him down, and he's in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and, and, and the guy comes out, and he's shaking, and, and they said, how are you doing? How are you feeling, son? And he said, I feel great. And they said, put him back down. He's lying. And uh, so you, know, you, know, you, you get these people that can be excited but they can miss the mark. You know, baptism isn't about being perfect. Baptism is a symbol of who is perfect. It's Jesus that's perfect. And so, so look at this in Acts 10, verse 47. Then Peter asked, Can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders to them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterwards, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. See, there's this pattern we see all through the New Testament. We see lives being changed and lives being baptized. It's, it's, it's an outward expression of what takes place. I remember when my dad made a decision to follow Christ and get his life right with God. My dad used to drink like a 12-pack a day every day. As a little kid, I remember that. He'd come home. He'd get hammered. He'd yell and scream. He'd say a bunch of uh, uh, colorful language. And, and uh, uh, then, then he'd pretty much pass out, wake up, work hard, and, and, and go through the day again. And when my dad made a decision to follow Christ, everything changed. It was the weirdest thing. My dad just quit drinking that day. My dad was smoking three packs of cigarettes a day. I mean, there wasn't a time that there wasn't a cigarette in his mouth, and he just quit that day. Everything, not everybody's experience is like that, but that was my dad's experience. I saw everything, his language changed, everything that he did changed. What was that? That was really just an outward expression of what Jesus has done in his life, and that's the same thing for each one of us so, so people look at this and people say, well, Rich, what about babies being baptized? Huh? What about that? Let me ask you, can babies make choices and decisions to follow Christ? Okay, 
um, if you can show me in the Bible where babies were baptized, where Jesus ended up taking a spoon and started splashing it on, on, on kids, it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. What it is, people say, well, Rich, how old does it take to make a decision to follow Christ? Well, it depends on the child. You know, when, when, when I was young and I was reading a track and, and I knew at that point I needed to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. My kids at very early ages ended up, you know, I mean, they were part of Sunday school. They knew every story and they were like, I, I want to follow Jesus. Okay, who knows someone's heart? Well, God knows their heart. And as parents, we want to encourage the choices and decisions. When a child makes a decision when they're young, uh, do they need to be walking through that with their parents? Absolutely. Here's the thing. As I made that decision when I was young, and I still struggled as I got older, I was like, look at all these hypocrites at church. I didn't realize I was a hypocrite at the same time. But I'm looking at all these things, and I'm like, this is why I'm not going to go to church, and this is why I'm going to be a rock star, and this is why I'm going to do all these other things except for serve God. Now, let me ask you, though, did I still make a decision to follow Christ when I was younger? Absolutely. And was God's calling on my life? Absolutely. And was the Holy Spirit in me? Absolutely. That's why I, I had no other choice. Have you ever had that nagging person that you finally just give into? That's the Holy Spirit that says, hey, this is the only place you're ever going to find satisfaction, Rich. So when we look at baptism, I want you to understand people will baptize as babies and I, and I get it. It's a symbol and they kind of come up with some things. But really, every time we look in scripture about baptism, that Greek word is actually the same word. It means to dip. It means to dip into. It's just like a, it, they, they actually used it for dyeing of fabrics. So when they would dye fabrics, what happens with that fabric? You don't just sprinkle at it, right? You would actually dip the fabric in. And so when the Bible talks about baptism, it's always about dipping. It's always about immersion. And it's always about people that have made a decision to follow Christ. People will sometimes say, well, it's, what, you know, we want to get our kid baptized and stuff. What we do here is, is we dedicate children to God. And we believe that that's a very biblical concept and a very understanding. But we believe that baptism is so special that we only show that as people that have made decisions to follow Christ. So here's the next thing. Is, is, uh, five is, is, is how should a person be baptized? And, and, and as I mentioned, it's all about immersion. In, in the New Testament, you can look through it, and if you find something else, talk to me. I'd, I'd, I'd be great to have a conversation and be like, oh man, I, we've all missed this. But it, it, and, and I don't mean it sarcastically, but when you look at the Bible, it's just very, very clear of what baptism is. I mean, it's something that Jesus did. It's something that, that he calls his followers to do. It's an outward expression of that. So then what's, what's the significance. Number six, what's the significance of water baptism? I've got two major points I want to look at this morning. And, and uh, um, it's, it's this symbol of what you do. Here's the first one. Is baptism is an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. It's an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. And so we look at that. That's what baptism is that's something that that as as we look at it we've got to make sure this doesn't save us this doesn't make me a better person than someone else here's the second thing is that baptism is a sign 
that sin's power over us is broken. Sin's power over us is broken. And I want you to think of it this way, is that every person has a virus. Every person is terminal. We are all born into this world, and everyone would look at it, and we'd say, everyone is going to die at some point. Everyone is going to die. That's part of the terminal illness. It's death. But Jesus has power over death. And so that's why we even look at the symbol of baptism. I love it because as, as, as we take someone and we put them under the water, think of Noah and think of just such a sinful world and how God says, I'm just going to wipe this thing out and I'm going to start over. And so what did he do? He used the water to wipe it out. When, when we go down under the water, it's a symbol of our sin being washed away. Think of it this way. It's a water grave, and it's picked up into new life. That's what baptism is. It's showing that we're not held down by death anymore. And when we take our last breath here on earth, we are in the beginning of life, that true life starts at that point. Write down Romans 6, uh, verses 1 through 7, just look at it this week, is, is, is it gives that picture. Paul's talking about dying to our sins. And again, we're looking at a symbol of dying to our sins, that we have forgiveness, that we have eternal life that can only be done through Jesus Christ, the work on the cross of what Jesus did. The cross means forgiveness. The cross means freedom. When we look at that, and sometimes you see ugly crosses, you see these beautiful ornate crosses, the reality is it's death that was taken from us. It was paying death for us. Scripture says, for he who has died has been freed from sin. We have been in Christ. We died with him. It's a symbol of what he has done on the cross for us. To identify with Christ, we identify with what he's done. Here, here's the seventh thing, is how do I make this a reality in my life? How do I make this a reality? Romans 6, starting in verse 11. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God, through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the ways uh, you live. Do not give in to the sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what's right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you are no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Guys, we've been going through this series of the Ten Commandments, and we're going to jump back to it in a couple weeks. But guys, we're talking about being set free. And we've been set free by Jesus. Baptism is a symbol of being set free. Now, I've got, I've got two friends that are going to come up. 
and I got a couple of questions for him. And uh, you guys ready? And uh, um, we've got we've got two people that have decided I'm going to make a decision to follow Christ, and God has called me to be baptized. And so today they're going to be baptized. Come on up, guys. And then, um, here we go. You guys stand right up here. And then uh, um, there were other people. There was, there was one. Of, Crystal was going to get baptized today, and she's on her honeymoon right now. And so, ah, you know, <laughs> priorities, priorities. But, um, you know, uh, I know that there's other people that I've talked to that have said, Rich, I really think I should get baptized. I think this is something I should do. Maybe I'll just wait later. Now, I'm not going to put a spotlight on you. I'm not going to try to beat you with a hose. I just want to encourage you. What does God's word say? And, and do you feel like, hey, this is something I need to do? I want you to just be faithful with that. So, so here's my questions right here. I want you to share your name with everyone, loud and proud. Let people know how old you are. And then I want you to share why you're getting baptized. My name is Catherine Ha. I am 14 years old. And I want to get baptized because I want to follow Jesus and let him into my Holy Spirit. And oh. That's awesome. Good morning. My name is Daniel McConaughey, and I want to get baptized because I want to show that I know Jesus, and I trust that he died on the cross for us. So, yeah. Yeah, look at that. That is awesome. Well, Catherine and Daniel, I'll just let you know, Daniel is like a fifth-degree black belt or something like that. Very, very powerful. So watch out. If you ever need help, you call Daniel. But uh, guys, this is, this is what it's all about. This is about life change. This is about transformation. This is an outward expression to the whole world. So guys, again, let, let, let's uh, give it up. Thank you guys so much. So we go back to this, is that we can watch other people do it. We can watch Jesus do it. We can see what the scripture says. The question is, what about me? Now, guys, let me give you a really great factor is that it's going to be like 167 degrees right here in Santa Clarita today. And in Ventura, it's going to be 70. Okay, maybe I'm stretching these numbers a little bit, but it's a lot cooler in Ventura. But here's the deal, is that it's not too late. You can say, hey, Pastor, I, I want to get baptized. I, I need a ride down. I need clothes. I need whatever. Guys, we'll take it right where you're at, and let's just be faithful. Just as we saw with, with Philip. I mean, he's sharing the good news. And this rich man says, hey, wait a second. I see some water. I don't want to miss this opportunity. And guys, when we look at baptism, it's an opportunity to be faithful. And for each of you this week, God is going to give you opportunities the second you leave this door to be faithful, to be faithful with the, the people that you're around, to be faithful at the restaurant, to be faithful with your kids, to be faithful with your parents, to be faithful with the other people that you meet, to be faithful at the workplace. God is saying, hey, do this. And as we do it, we experience life like we've never had before. We can stay in bondage or we could live a life that will totally set us free. When it's all said and done and, and you're walking out the door, if you want to get baptized, you just say, Pastor, I want to get baptized. Okay, we'll figure it out. Come, come on down. If, 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 if it takes a week and then you're like, oh, man, I got to get baptized. All right, well, just call me. Let me know. I was going to tell you anyway, uh, when I was talking about all those tragedies and life going on, 
Guys, I put some of my business cards out front as you walk out. Just go ahead and grab it. I, I actually have my cell phone number on it. I got a new cell phone number. And feel free to, if life happens, you need something, um, man, I'll do everything I can. You can just send me a text and say, Pastor, I need something. Obviously, I can't be there always. You know, then we have incredible leaders in our church that want to be there too. But if you need something, that's what the church is all about. And so I want you to grab one on the way out. Um, don't, don't use it if you have a car accident and say, oh, here's my business card. But, 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 but use it to, to say, hey, you know what? Uh, hey, will you pray for me? Just pray for me this week. Hey, I got this going on. I got that going on. Uh, as a church, we really want to be here. And I'm not just going to hold these things. I'm going to share them with other people in, in our church. But um, God wants to use each of you this week in a powerful way in the midst of good times and bad times. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we come to you. And God, in the midst of, of, of good times and bad times, God, in the midst of a world that's just so uncertain, God, you are certain. God, we can count on you. God, that that's where life comes from is you. And God, we realize to follow you is to surrender from the life that we lived. And so today, that may be you, that you're like, ah, you know what? I've just not been following Jesus. I've been following a lot of other things. I've been trying to be a good person. I've been trying to do more good things than bad things. I've been trying to look into different religions, try to better myself, try to, try to you know, be nice, try to give some money to people. I was baptized as a baby. I live in America. All these things that maybe God will find favor on me if I just try a little bit harder. But maybe today you're like, oh, I get it. I just have to surrender my life. I just have to give my life in the greatest exchange and say, God, here is my life. I choose to follow you. Take, take my good, take my bad, take it all. And if that's you today, it's not about some fancy prayer. It's about telling God that you surrender your life. You're tired of living life for yourself and you're ready to give it to him. For some of you, that's the first time to make that decision. For some of you, it, it's been an ongoing process of giving your life to him. I want you to know angels in heaven, they celebrate of the choices and decisions that we make to follow him. And if that's you today, it's not about joining a church. It's not about some rituals. It's about giving your life. And that's the first step. If that's you, right where you're at, if you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm, I'm giving my life to him. I'm surrendering my life to him. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. But I, I am going to look for a second. Is that you? Can I just agree with you this week? Can I pray for you this week? Is that you? Is today the day to surrender my life? Is today the day to give my life to Jesus? I want you to know that God knows exactly what's going on in your life and God has the best plans for you. And for others today, it's just about being obedient with what God's placed in front of you. God says, this is what's best and what are you going to do with it? 
God, I ask that you would be with each one of us. God, with every step and every breath that we take. God, that it would be a sweet offering to you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.